Welcome, everyone, to the Wild Will Throwdown, Episode 8, presented by White's Auto Sales. And, man, what a week it was. Now joining me on the hotline, it is my co-host, Mr. Hawk, Harold Adams. Hawk, finally, finally moving through. Finally looks like we have a dry spell here in the area. It looks dry for the the uh, forecast going into next week. Going to warm up to the low 90s, but that's okay. We expected it. How have we been, man? It's been a little bit since we've done the show. You know, I've been slammed with Circle City and whatnot, but here we are, already May behind us. We are looking to the first weekend of June. Yes, sir. And like you said, uh, Mother Nature's changed things up a little bit as we predicted. Uh, you know, we, we, we've got all that that uh, rain stuff out of the way, I think. And as you predicted it a few weeks ago, you thought we'd go into a drought. And uh, now that we're into June, the weather's warming up. The, the forecast was great this past weekend, and it continues to look dry. So I think we're uh, looking for a lot of green flag racing ahead. Yeah, no doubt. You know, uh, we did not do the podcast the previous week, obviously. Uh, and uh, you'll know why when we get into the results and whatnot. But, man, I am more out, Hawk. I mean, I tell you what. I mean, I know you are, too. You've been busy at it. But, man, Wednesday and Thursday night we had uh, USAC, the Amsoil National Sprint Car Series, in at Circle City. Friday got a lot of work done. Saturday... Um, up at the Indianapolis Speed Drome all day. I know you had your daughter's wedding and whatnot. I was up there for a good, almost, well, 12 hours. Yeah, 12 hours. Then Sunday, I was at Tri-State down in Hobstad at the Action Track at Tri-State Speedway for the uh, Midwest Sprint Car Series and whatnot and supporting my buddy Kevin Bayer with his series. And, man, here we are, Memorial Day, and I am just, whew, this is, it's been busy for us here late. Yeah, I know, and, uh, I guess I'm showing my age because I had to bail out on you on Sunday. I had to stay home and rest after all that. But, uh, I mean, that, I tell you what, though, you'll get, we'll get into it in a second, but that uh, spring shootout at Speedrome was really fantastic. Yeah, great week of racing. Uh, didn't know how the weather was going to play a role in it, but uh, everything went well, and uh, we'll get into that. But, uh, of course, let's get started on today's show. We have the topic of the week, going over some of the results from the past weekend. Interviewing our special guest today, Mr. Clint Keenan from the Colorado area and going over some upcoming events, which is a big one for the first weekend of June. But uh, let's get to it. The first order of business is the topic of the week. And hopefully we don't hear crickets. But that has been the scene going on in a lot of areas of racetracks. A lot of racetracks not racing uh, as of late or have not been Kind of shot off at the uh, the notch, you could say. But, uh, man, Hawk, what we got topic of the week? Topic of the week this week. All right, here's something else. Uh, me and you, of course, like to go to different tracks all the time. Uh, first time going to different tracks. And we always check things out, as we've talked about. We, we see how they do things, you know, and, and, and how everything is. And this is all kind of part of that in a way. It's uh, something a little different here to look at. Maybe it's something you don't really think about a whole lot, but... Whenever we do go to a new track, we always kind of wonder how they're going to do the races as far as caution. So it's interesting how each uh, track and even each division is handled as far as red flags, uh, cautions, lazy cautions. So it's like, you know, we always kind of analyze how they do things with the flag. So uh, what's your take on that situation there? That's a very good, uh, good topic of the week. You know, we... This is one that a lot of people 
they they talk about it when it's going on, right? They see the flags, they talk about it, and they kind of forget about it. But really, that's a good point. You know, when we see this, I, I don't even know where to start and what track. But w- one thing about it is we we could compare the speed drone on their yellow flag rule. Uh, we could look at dirt tracks in the four divisions. We could look at sports drones four division rule. You know, the lazy caution. What is a lazy caution? Well, let's just go on and uh, kind of talk about that. A regular caution for any race other than a, let's be honest, a lower entry division, right? Like the Fords or the Hornets or something of that nature. Uh, dirt car modifieds, crate late models, asphalt super late models, asphalt street stocks, uh, big track, you know, NASCAR, uh, Lucas Oil late model dirt series, World of Outlaws. We could go on and on with these kind of bigger divisions and whatnot and, and higher end classes. You know, usually you see them spin out by themselves. That's an automatic caution. Now, what you're referencing is the lazy caution to um, Ford Crown Vicks, Hornets, um, Bombers. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that. You spin out and, you know, you you got one at the bottom of the apron or the top, but they seem to be okay and not moving. No doors, panel is facing the the uh, oncoming traffic. So they let that caution wave. You know, we, we saw it at Speedrome. You know, Speedrome is just a different beast also in its cautions, right? So, you know, you look and see how long it takes Speedrome to throw a caution flag. It's pretty long, you know, especially if you have a, a factory front-wheel drive division or a Ford division. You could be sitting there for two, three minutes, and you know, Hawk, we you know, let's this is kind of branched off your topic of the week. But let's talk about the games that drivers play, right? So the drivers love sitting there stalling out to bring out a, a a I call it purpose caution, right? Because if they bring out the caution, then they're gonna probably get their spot back or go to the tail and they won't be counted a lap down. I mean, they will be probably more than likely going to the tail end, but they're they're gonna not gonna lose a lap. So what a lot of tracks are doing with those lower divisions, just say you're sitting there. You know, I've seen it a couple weeks at Circle City ago. Uh, one guy was down kind of off the track. He was by the uke tire. He wasn't out on the speedway, but um, he sat there for a good five to six laps and kept throwing his arm out the window. And guess what? The race director did not acknowledge that because he was far out of danger. And guess what? He finally squealed the tires through the dirt, and he he kept going, and there you go. We caught you, buddy. Uh, there you go. So, yeah, to your point, it's really interesting to what different tracks kind of use their yellow flags for. Yeah, and like you said, you brought up the speed drone. They actually call that a speed drone caution because they actually, whenever someone is having trouble on the track somewhere, they leave the green light on and actually turn the yellow light on with it, which tells the drivers something's going on on the track somewhere. Yeah, it's fascinating. You're exactly right. It is fascinating. When I always think of racing under yellow, I always think of speed drone for that reason. Um, you know, thinking about in this day and age, there are some tracks that still like to race till 3 in the morning because they have too many divisions. But let's be honest. The new generation, uh, 2023, promoters and owners want to keep the show going and get the show over as quickly as possible i remember there was a big deal going on and we're not going to get into curfews and all that stuff because yes we know curfews very well dirt tracks especially you know any racetrack near a neighborhood curfews we're not going to get into that i'm talking about that but what i am talking about is getting people home at a decent hour you know in this day and age a lot of people like to get harped on well 
you're racing seven, eight divisions of different divisions of racing. So, you know, the point is don't want it to go to three o'clock in the morning. I've been to dirt tracks where it's been at two or three in the morning and I just couldn't take it anymore. I'll be honest with you because at a point at 11 o'clock, I lose interest. So to a lot of people's point, and I'm going back to your topic of the week for this reason is a lot of promoters are utilizing that lazy caution because they want to keep the program going. Especially if you have a 24 field, 24 car field of any division, really. I mean, you could, you could really talk about any division, but you know, we are talking about more of the lower entry classes because they utilize the lazy caution more. So, I know you'll agree with this, Hawk, is utilizing the lazy caution, really, the promoters really want to keep that program going. Yes. And, you know, I've gone through this before, going to different tracks. A lot of times it gets kind of monotonous whenever you got a lot of times cars will spin out and they have to throw the caution and they have to throw the caution again it really drags the show out just like you said, and then you're there real late and then you're missing some of the main features. So, you know, it just, it just, uh, you know, a situation here though, where driver safety comes into play too, of course, the drivers don't want to be sitting there in a bad spot and not get a caution. And then, as you said too, some of them will play that game, whether they'll sit there, act like they're dead in the water. And then as soon as they throw the caution, well, they're good to go. And I'm going to, I'm going to, allude to that a little bit. We're going to get off that subject a little bit. But this is another reason a lot of dirt tracks, including mine, we utilize the two-spin rule. And what that is kind of branch with the caution. It kind of goes in hand-in-hand with your topic of the week is we're throwing a caution for that spin. If you have two of the same single-car spin, same driver, you are told to exit the track. I would not say disqualified because you're you're coming back to the end of the night in a B main or a feature, whatever the case may be, but you're disqualified from that race, which means you are um, going to be scored at last place in that heat race um, or the feature, wh- whatever you bring out the caution. But bottom line, if you are the same car and you bring out the caution flag twice, you're eliminated. Yeah, I don't mind that rule at all, you know, because like if uh... – you know, it's a little strict, I guess you could say, but, you know, it's going to make the guys think about that while they're out there, whether or not they want to just go all out with an ill-handling car or whatever the case may be and keep spinning out, you know. So, it, it, you know, in that case, it probably does help a lot. No, you're exactly right. You know, I think it does. You have to be cutthroat. I mean, yeah, I'm going to hear about it probably later. You know, my race director that I hired at Circle City, Kevin Barry, you know, I'm sure he'll get the grief later in making that call. but. I mean, you have to draw the line somewhere. You cannot let the same person bring out the caution flag 20 times. If I'm the driver that's getting told to exit the track after two spins, hey, look, I'm going to be ticked off and pissed about it, but I'm going to understand um, how, how that works. Because, you know, if you're out there in an eight-lap heat race and it takes you a total, in counting caution laps, 17 laps to run the heat race, then there's something wrong. So. Yeah, so uh, it's a good rule in that case there, too. Of course, like you always say, uh, you know, never going to make everybody happy. But if the rule's in place, then the drivers know what they expect. That's it. And that's a great topic of the week this week. And uh, I'm glad you didn't take my topic because I already had a topic picked out, but that'll be on episode number nine. 
which I'm very excited next week for that topic of the week. You know, there's also a lot of changes coming around here to the Wild Will Throwdown. We're very excited about We can't announce anything yet. Uh, but a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, scene stuff going on, and we're doing everything we can to improve this uh, platform we're on, and uh, we're very excited to go forward. Uh, so, yeah, great topic of the week. But uh, now, Hawk, it's time to discuss some of the results from this past week. It's been a busy one, and I mean busy one. But if my memory serves correctly, Sports Drum Speedway was closed from Memorial Day weekend. But uh, you guys, about 30 minutes north or so, had some action going on at the I-65 Speedway. Yeah, Scottsburg, Indiana, the uh, Scott County Fairgrounds, the I-65 Speedway. The Sports Drum has basically worked out a deal with the fairgrounds to run once a month. I think we've talked about that a little bit on uh, every teen Wednesday, if you will. Now, I got rained out the week before, so they did have the races this past Wednesday, uh, last week, if you will, uh, May 24th, and it was beautiful weather. And so uh, it was a good car count and everything, so all the car counts basically were up, uh, looking good. The track, once again, was in great condition. You know, that the first week, everybody was kind of skeptical how it was going to be. It turned out really good. They set the bar kind of high, but they met it again as the track was in great shape. Nobody complained about it at all. And, uh, of course, they had the UMP modified there and uh, went in uh, two times in a row here. Now they've had two events uh, in the 1H. Ben Harmon taking the victory, but it wasn't easy. He had a good uh, challenge from the 81 Logan Mounts who uh, – Really was, uh, they put on a great show battle up there in front, but it was Ben Harmon with the win on that. Uh, in the UMP Hornets, uh, one of the old favorites, the number 20, Michael Brewer, was back into his regular winning form and looking strong. And he took the checkered flag in the Hornet feature. Uh, in the Ford Crown Vicks, winning once again, pulling away from him in the 157, AJC, Aaron C. Uh, showing them how it's done in the uh, Crown Vic feature. And then they added the Pure Stocks this time around. The first the first uh, event, they were not on the schedule, but this time they did. They uh, had uh, number 71, Ross Smith, taking the victory in the Pure Stock feature. Now, they're uh, as I said, they're racing basically once a month. So the next scheduled event will be on Wednesday, June 14th. Awesome. Great stuff up there. Pretty cool that uh, Ben Harmon uh, parking in victory lane and Aaron C. So those two drivers are undefeated so far this year there. That's pretty cool. Yes, they are looking very strong. So we'll see if they can uh, keep up their winning ways next month. Well, I'll tell you what, Hawk. Uh, we On the same night, we kicked off a big, big two-night show at Circle City Raceway. I am wore out from it, but I am very blessed from it. Um, I always say I'm blessed but stressed, and I can tell you what, we had the big boys, the USAC National Amsel Sprint Car Championship, 5000 to win Wednesday, $10,000 to win Saturday, or excuse me, Thursday. Not used to the Wednesday and Thursday shows. I'm not used to many weekday shows, and, and including they're coming up a lot more. So, uh, you know, the reason that people are asking me, you know, why are we doing more week shows? Well, it's just national series stuff, you know, Indiana Midget Week, uh, Indiana Sprint Week, stuff like that. That's what we do here in the state of Indiana. But Wednesday night, we had the Sherco Group Dirt Car UMP Modified still in Nussbaum, picked up the win, great win by him. And then Jake Swanson picked up the National Amsoil Sprint Car $5,000 check on Wednesday. Thursday, Speed 2 Midwest Thunder Midgets, Matt Lux picked up the win there. 
And Kyle Cummings, a gentleman that I talked to last night at Tri-State, who picked up the win last night at Tri-State too, um, great guy, loved the track at Circle City Raceway. He picked up the Big Ten Grand Track uh, Championship there for the Midwest and uh, – or not the Midwest, the USAC Series. And I'll tell you what, he is the National Amsoil Sprint Car Points Leader right now. So big deal for Kyle Cummings uh, and that team. Uh, but, Hawk, you and I, we traveled up north to Indianapolis Speedrome this past Saturday. You got there a little bit late. Your daughter Ashley got married, so congratulations to her. But, uh, man, what a night it was there. Oh, man, I tell you what, uh, those uh, those outlaw figure eights or late model figure eights, whatever you want to call them, you know, they can really put on a heck of a show when they are really at their game. And, I mean, they had a heck of a battle all night long in that 90-minute race. There was a lot of curveballs in that one. Uh, did not see a lot of that stuff playing out like it did. And, man, I can tell you what, that it, it was just impressive to me. But, anyways, there was a lot more before we get to that of racing that day. They had the 25-lap Ford uh, figure-eight feature. Braden Smith picked up in that number 33, Jeff Smith's son. Picked up his first-ever figure-eight win. That was pretty cool. That kid was very, very excited, wasn't he, Hawk? Yeah, I'd say uh, he. I think he could be a, a promising figure eight driver here in the future. We have to watch out for. Hey, he's he's taken to the course very well. Uh, the BASA Security Ford Oval. Jacob Robertson, Matt Woody had a heck of a battle. Jacob Robertson comes out on top. How about this twenty five lap feature two for the junior fast cars? Manny Aguilar picks up the win. Yeah, good old Manny. Good to see him picking up the checkered flag. He's an old veteran of the sport of different divisions and. He's raced a lot of outlaw figure eight. And the word is, by the way, a little inside information, he is planning on coming back uh, at least hopefully by the three-hour time. That's awesome. And, of course, the Reef Aquarium Shop Adult Fast Cart feature number one, uh, Leland Hargraves picked up the win there. Uh, looking on up, factory front-wheel drives came out in Groves. They started 37 in the first one and 32 in the second one. They had double features, if you will, but the first one, Cole Roten picked up the win in that one, and the Hearts Auto Center factory front-wheel drives. Johnny Greer picked up feature number two, and how about it? Here it is. Uh, Third-place finisher, Ben Tunney, Eddie Van Meter, uh, picked up in that second spot, and Mike Riddle, Jr. 286 laps total in that 90 minutes. Now, look, the first 10 minutes, 30 minutes, it was rough. I mean, it was a lot of beating and banging, what we expected, but, man, that last, last, man, 20 minutes or so, that was impressive. And, you know, i got to give a shout-out to Mike Riddle, Jr. We don't see this much. He was a lap down and fought. Uh, you know, he was aggressive, and he had to be, uh, to Chad Sizemore's number 91 to get back on that lead lap. It was pretty cool how it all played out. He, uh, man, he shot back up through the field, and I told you, I said, watch out for that number 12 car because he's on a rail. I mean, of course, overall, fastest qualifier, Mark Tunney, 16.936 was his time. Uh, he was up there at the end, too, had some problems throughout the race, but Mike Riddle Jr. parks it in victory lane. How about that? Yeah, I mean, we were watching that and talking about all the different things. As you said, a lot of curveballs in that race. We were talking about it. But we I remember mentioning to you uh, when, when you said, man, Mike Riddle's really all of a sudden flying, and he was like – he was behind like the top three or four cars a lap down. And he was like, you could see he was faster at that moment. He was blistering up through there. And I told you, I said, you know, 
if he was to get his lap back and then they have another, you know, caution and he gets back around, yeah. he'll have a shot at winning this thing. I never really thought he could pull it off, but man, I tell you what, he was by far the strongest car at the end of that race. Oh, no doubt. And uh, well-earned. You know, it's good to see his brother Doug Riddle pick up a win this year. You and I got the pleasure to be at, and of course, I'll never forget that night Doug won. It was a little bit warmer when Mike Riddle won, so uh, pretty cool. Uh, Anderson Speedway had a really cool race. Of course, their big one, the Little 500, Jake Trainer picked up the win. Uh, like I said, I was at Tri-State Speedway on Sunday night. Kyle Cummings picked up the MSCS Sprint Car feature. Levi Kissinger picked up the Modifieds. Uh, and Eli Wilhelmus picked up the MMSA mini sprint feature. Lincoln Park, the Bombers, Corey Arnstead picked up the win. Indiana Superstock, Justin Massey. Modified, Derek Losh and MCSC. Uh, excuse me, MSCS. Always mix those words up. Thomas Meserol picked up the win there. Our friend Jim Price and the Brownstown Speedway Gang on Saturday night. Slicker Graphics Super Late Models. Devin Gilpin picked up the win. Jacoby Hines picked up the modified win. The Peter Hall Super Stocks, Winter Tucker, Chastain, the All-in-One Pulls, Pure Stocks, Mickey Hines, he knows how to get around that. And Haymaker Custom Hornets, Brian Pullett, picked up the win there. And our friends up at the Painesville Speedway, you and I will be there up on the July 8th weekend. We're very excited for that. Old School Figure 8, Chad Tivkavik. I always kind of mispronounce his name, so I apologize for that. Figure 8 Ironman, Jeff Marvin, who knows how to get around in the figure eight Ironman class there. The Warriors, Jeff Smith Sr., Ace Racing League, Sean Bubsy, Street Stocks, Jeremy Wiggins, Chargers, Zach Myers. Uh, pretty cool uh, that everyone kind of had a great weekend of racing. There was a lot of other tracks that competed this past weekend. Man, Hawk, I mean, just, just such a great weekend of racing. Every Memorial Day, it seems like the big events go on around it to kick off really the deep, deep, deep heart of summer racing here in the area. Yeah, like you say, a lot of racing there. And, of course, like what you guys got at Circle City, having all those big special events throughout the week. So it's almost like nonstop racing, which, uh, you know, we really can't complain about that. No, you can. You you can complain about it. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> joke. I, I joked with Shannon and Eddie Van Meter. And it, you know, I talked to um, a little bit earlier. I talked to Shannon and I said, uh, what are you doing? He goes, I'm drinking. Finally, it's been a rough week. Look, we love what we do, and we we love it, but it is tiring, I can tell you. Because you can contest to this, Harold. There's a lot of logistics that people just don't see that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and, and there's a lot of critical decisions, so there's a lot of stress involved. You know that. And, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to make the best decision possible, so you got to put everything into perspective. Sometimes you don't have a lot of time to really think about it. And uh, as you say, you know, when you got these multiple events, you know, stacked up behind each other, uh, it can really weigh on you. But, uh, I mean, you guys did a good job up there. I've heard nothing but good stories. Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're very blessed, uh, very happy. Everything went well. You know, Bob Sargent, the gang, and USAC, and we all worked together. And our support divisions with the Speed 2 midgets and the mods, you know, everything went well. We're excited. We'll talk a little bit about that on our last segment today about the upcoming schedule. A lot of big things Left to go, and we're just getting started here in the area. But coming up next, our special guest today, Mr. Clint Keenan from the Colorado area, who's very excited as Colorado National Speedway has a huge event coming up here on July 29th. Unfortunately, I'm not going to make it this year. My sister-in-law is getting married, so other priorities. But uh, I called that race last year, and once we get closer, we'll talk a little bit more, more about the configuration of that track and whatnot. But uh, Clint Keenan's going to join us here coming up next on the Wild Wheel Throwdown. 
Welcome back to the Wild Will Throwdown. Now on the hotline, the driver of the number 72 Outlaw Figure 8 machine, hailing from Colorado. Of course, he grew up in California, but uh, Clint Keenan. Clint, uh, I want to thank you for coming on today. I know we've been trying to do this for a while, uh, but I'm glad to finally have you on the podcast, episode number eight. Uh, man, how are you, and how are you doing out there in the great state of Colorado? Oh, I'm doing good, Will. Uh, appreciate you having me on, and yeah, uh, we, uh, waited it out a few weeks. I'm glad to be talking to you. So, <laughs> Hey, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're doing good. Good, good, yeah. good, good. No, we're, we're glad you're on and, uh, man, uh, so many great things happened this season. We'll get to all that here in a little bit, but man, uh, as everyone starts off here talking, uh, talk about, cause we talked a little bit about you coming from California, kind of growing up around orange show speedway. So talk about how Clint Keenan got into the racing world. So, I, it's a little bit of a long story. I'll try to keep it short. No worries. Um, I, uh, I actually got my start in racing in, uh, off-road racing as pit crew, uh, part of a, uh, pit club. It's called the checkers off-road team. Awesome. Um, and, and that led me to a full-time job, um, working, you know, on, on desert cars and, uh, racing's in the family and and i've always wanted to do it my heart is in desert racing as well as as much as it has become in figure eight racing um the cost of desert racing is outrageous so um that's the reason that i've never actually built my own desert car um i uh actually got my start in figure eight racing while i was working in desert um by a guy named Earl Cox in Southern California. I grew up in, in Norco. Uh, it's about uh, 30 minutes from Orange Show and okay. 30, 40 minutes from Paris Speedway. Yep. And uh, Earl Cox, he was a, uh, or is a uh, champion out there in Paris uh, on the, the night of destruction they put on the, with the dirt figure eights. And uh, uh, was real close family friends with him and, was uh, at his house and said, you know what? I went to a couple of races and I said, I want to do this. And uh, he had a chassis sitting there and he said, well, you take that one right there and start building it. And he helped me get me going. And, and we got it to a point where I could take it to my house and he kicked me out of his yard and said, all right, <laughs> we're doing this in your house now. <laughs> and uh, we built that car and, and raced it for a couple of years out there in Paris and, I was fortunate enough to uh, win a couple of races and podium a couple of races and and picked up a championship in 2016. Um, and towards the end of that year, I wanted to go try Orange Show. So we took that same car, the Orange Show, and man, it's it was an old dirt modified from the 90s. So oh, it's wow. not, it, it is not anywhere near a figure eight car. And we did the best we could. And in the dirt, you know, you can you can fudge a little. And I still struggled in the, in the dirt. I feel like I'm better on the asphalt than I ever was on the dirt. Um, so, yeah, so we took that car. We went to Orange Show. Uh, I talked to Rod a whole bunch before going over there. Never met him before. And uh, he uh, said, you know, this is what you need and whatever. And, and so we show up, and I start running some laps, and his uh, – his, his uh, race director pulls me off the track and he 
says, get over here to the scales. I'm tired of watching you spin out. <laughs> and oh, that's awesome. Believe it or not, believe it or not, we put 10 and a half inches of ride height in the right front to make that car turn on the asphalt. And it was not fast. It was not pretty, but it actually got around the track. And from that point on, I fell in love with it. And I actually, I don't remember if it was that first race or the next race. I actually blew up my first engine there. Um, Holy cow. What a memory. I mean, yeah, scattered <laughs> it. I've actually, every engine I've blown up has been at Orange Show. <laughs> and they've all scattered. <laughs> um, so, uh, towards the end of that season, a uh, friend of mine, Anthony Merritt, he's a dirt track racer. Um, his family had acquired... I don't know if you know Rusty Stewart. He was an old figure eight guy out there in Irwindale days. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Heard the name, definitely. So um, my old car that I have here, um, my white car that you've seen the picture of, that is Rusty Stewart's car. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know the backstory of that. Yeah. So Rod and I, well, let me back up. Yeah, that was his car. I got it from Anthony's family. And, um, and tore it all the way down. It's been sitting for like 10, 12 years, tore it down to nothing, hand sanded every tube in that thing and painted it the metallic blue that it is now and put it all back together as a new car and ran the same old body that it had on it. It was a fresh body, but you know, it sat out for years. So we painted that and, and, uh, off we went and I had an asphalt car and I was doing the, the two car deal we'd run the dirt and we'd run the asphalt and earl was helping me at the time and and getting me going and i was still struggling with that car and uh rod uh rod proctor he he said bring that thing to the house and another funny setup story i'm I'm a bigger guy and that car is a left turn car we had to add 300 pounds of lead to the right side of the car to, to get it to square out holy cow <laughs> yeah so uh um it uh yeah that made it made it work for the season and and then after that that season was over rod and i we cut the front end off of it did a race car front end the same as his old green car and off to the races we went and and rod if it wasn't for that guy there's no way in heck i'd ever be where i'm at today on the asphalt because He's he's made me the driver I am on the asphalt 100. Um, percent Sure. I got a couple couple wins that first year, you know, with the new new front end and all that, and and uh, um, missed the championship by like three points. My uh, my throttle hung the first race of the season in practice, and we smacked the wall hard. And Ooh. and Rod had his friends and me and my friends people helping me. There was I couldn't even tell you how many people at the track we're helping that's the amazing thing about our sport you yes. know is we all help each other and uh and we somehow buttoned the thing up rod had someone go to his house and pull the whole front end off of his car <laughs> we we frankenstein mine together and and i ran in the back all night and i think if it wasn't for that i probably would have picked up the championship that year as well yeah definitely but, uh, probably had something to do with those three points yeah oh yeah uh-huh yeah it was rough but now, so let's, then, uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm very in- intrigued, and a lot of people ask the question about you 
desert racing that that seems to be a lot of that's wild to me you know us out here on the east coast in the south we see it on tv and you talk about it but how is that industry i mean did you decide one day to start working in that industry or how did you start getting into the desert racing deal um honestly in southern california that's like one of the meccas of off-road racing and you know from hour and a half from the house you know it's you got all the the miles and miles of of off-road you know off-highway riding and stuff with four-wheelers and dirt bikes and anything you want i started you know on dirt bikes as a kid and four-wheelers and we used to do the desert thing i did glamis and all that and um and basically neighbors of mine uh that were both family friends and actually the uh the dad pete uh he's damn near i mean he's another dad to me and sure our families grew up you know we're neighbors for years and uh he's he's also been at the track every when we were in california every race he was there with me and and helping and and uh we call him the crew chief all the time and uh, <laughs> uh sometimes he hates it and sometimes he loves it but <laughs> uh They'll hate me later for talking about him, but <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, so his kids were building um, uh, Baja bugs and stuff, and you know, me as a young kid, I fell in love with it, and and I I was taking on welding also as in, through my high school years, and became a certified welder and all that, and that kind of just led me into off road, you know. Okay, and, gotcha. And I was at a fabrication school that did off road stuff, and and um my senior year of high school, I, uh, went to the school. Well, it shut down. They told me, well, you either got to get another class or you got to get a job. Well, I, I forget. Uh, somebody told me, Hey, why don't you go talk to these guys? And it was an off-road shop. And I started helping there and they had a race truck and we went to a couple races and, and that really got me, you know, intrigued. And, uh, but, stuff fell through with that i didn't get to stay there and it kind of got put away for a while and i started working at my dad's company the construction company he'd been at for a long time and and one of the mechanics there was actually a pit crew guy on a trophy truck team wow okay and that got me back into it again and from there it just skyrocketed i got into that club and that led to another team and then led to a job and and right now i i uh since I moved to Colorado, I've, I've tried to just give up desert stuff, come up here and get out of California, start a new life. And, and, um, you know, up here in the mountains, it's beautiful. You wouldn't trade it for nothing. Uh, oh, I guarantee you. And yeah. And was working construction and actually got laid off in the winter and stumbled on another person that told me, well, you know, off-road stuff. Why don't you talk to this other company? And well, then there I was back into it again. (laughs) (laughs) Pulls you back in, doesn't it? Yeah. And through that, um, uh, the car that I worked on, I don't know if you know the name, if you know drifting or not, but, uh, um, Vaughn Gittin Jr. He's a, um, drift racer. He's Ford sponsored, um, has his own company. You can buy a RTR, uh, Mustang or F-150 or now we're doing the Bronco stuff. Yep. Uh, I was prepping his truck at this place and uh, uh, 
a year or so into it, he moved on with another local racer here, Lauren Healy, and they teamed up and started what's called the Fun Haver Off-Road Team. And we run in the Ultra 4 Series, if you've heard of King of the Hammers. Oh, yeah. Um, it's rock racing stuff. And then, you know, they race out there in the East Coast, too. Oh, I love that um, sport, yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I'm doing now. And uh, we've we've grown so much. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. Like, the industry is just huge. You know, it's there's there's I don't even know how to describe it. Like, just the amount that our shop has grown since I've I've been with Lauren and Vaughn, it's amazing. I mean, it was just me and one other guy, and now we got seven guys and and more vehicles than we have room for. We're actually um, probably going to be moving here to a bigger place soon, and it's it's just. It's insane. And I that's mean, a good problem that's, to have. That's the only way to explain it. <laughs> that's definitely yeah. a good problem to have, my friend. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Clint, I met you the first time uh, last year in Colorado National Speedway. I got the pleasure of calling that event for James, and it was a, a very big track. But, uh, you know, we got that coming up again, which, unfortunately, I have a sister-in-law's wedding to go to. So my wife said I was on oh, other darn. duties. I know. I Trust me, I know. Uh, but I will be at California for Rod's race again this year, which I'm very happy about and whatnot. But, uh, man, talk about some of the tracks you've you've raced on in figure eight racing uh, in general. Uh, I mean, there's so many different modifications of tracks out there. Down here in uh, Indiana, uh, Kentucky, uh, Ohio, we have more of your bullring-style tracks, kind of like Orange Show. But actually, you know, look at Indianapolis Speed Drill. It's about a fifth mile, so it's very, very small. Uh, Colorado National, man – total opposite it is a beast of a track it is i mean it, it when i huge. was up there on top of that roof i just stood there for a minute and i went live on my facebook page and everyone said are those hot wheels out there because it was that <laughs> big of a track when brandon white took uh to the track for practice and what what does clint keenan like what do you like the fast kind of you know, bigger tracks where you could just drift around the turns, or do you like that bullring-style track where you have to be tight in the turns? Honestly, this is going to sound crazy. The only tracks that I have ever raced at in figure eight is Paris Speedway, Orange Show Speedway, and Colorado National. Wow. Three uh, different configurations. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And I have to say Orange Show is my favorite because I've spent the most time there at sure. home. I know that track. I, I mean, I know everything about that track. And not that I've ever gone and, and won the big race. I mean, I finished fourth a few years ago, and that was, I mean, I was stoked. I mean, oh, of course. that was awesome. It was the best I've ever driven in my life. The car was the fastest it's ever been. I stayed out of trouble. I kept my head in it, and, and we did awesome. And there's just something about that track that, you know, it's I'm partial to it. And, and Colorado National last year was was rough on me and you know we got in into tangle in the heat race i got hit pretty bad and and i gotta say uh i gotta thank the walls up there man they i don't know how many of them there are but there's a lot of them oh yes <laughs> and <laughs> and uh and and adam hilton he's the the dino guy that took care of everybody up there they were all under my car trying to straighten the rear end sure. and we got it as close as we could to make the main and unfortunately i had that deal in the main happen with sure. uh, Craig and and racing deal. It sucks. Course. I've never I've never had an impact like that. That was the first one, and I hope it's the last one. 
You hope um, it, but you know what I tell people? That, that's the nature of this beast. And Exactly. You, you know what I mean? We don't want that stuff to happen, but unfortunately it is the nature of the beast, and I always tell people that. You can even ask the Tunnies as well as the Tunnies. I, I know them very well and, and the good friends of mine, and they will tell you at some point in your life <laughs> you're going to have a tango. Yeah. I'll never forget oh, yeah. at Sports Drum Speedway about 10 minutes from my house down here in southern Indiana. And uh, I'll never forget when Mark and Ben Tunney actually had a head-on collision and broke Ben Tunney's leg. I I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and that was the that I called that race. Um, actually, it might have been one year before I went to Sportstrom and helped them out. But anyways, I was either there as a fan or calling it one or the two. But uh, man, it was the hardest hit I've ever seen. Uh, you know, at Sportstrom being a quarter mile, uh, coming across those straightaways and just head-on collision at full speed in an outlaw figure eight car. Man, it was just it was brutal, but. Long story short, it's the nature of the beast. Uh, it is, and, and you yeah. know, at one point in your time, you're going to have this. And uh, but now, I get to ask you the fun question. I asked all figure eight drivers: When would we expect to see Clint Keenan at the World Three Hour Championship? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have I have high hopes for my future. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I I, I have a, a dirt track 15 minutes from my house. Oh, that's awesome. And everybody awesome. says, why the heck do you go travel all over the place to go race for the race that you could get hit by? My coworkers <laughs> call me psycho. And I'm I'm going to come there someday. It's on the bucket list. Oh, yeah. I will I will go to Indy. And I can't tell you if it's this year or next year or the year after. Sure. It's going to happen. Oh, it's the greatest um, spectacle. I tell people it's the best race you'll ever see in your life. 40-plus, 50-plus yeah. outlaw figure eight cars. Yeah. Oh man, twenty thousand. Oh yeah, it's insane. I've always said I want to go watch it once. Oh, you would just love to, it. You know, go help somebody, go get my feet wet with it, just to see see how everybody operates. I know Kevin puts on a great program out yes. there. Um, I I would love to go experience it before I make the trip, just just to, so I I know what to expect. Oh, that's a great I idea. I want to show up and. And show, you know, I hate to show up and be unprepared. It's, you know, working in the industry that I'm in, we, we don't do that, you know, and, and you just, I know some people do it, but I just have a hard time doing that. That's respect. Know? Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. Uh, definitely uh, put it on your list uh, because it is, you know, I, I tell you, I went for 2014, the first year I went and I went every year since it's, it's a must-see event. It's a spectacle. It really three hours goes by quick. I mean, you're completing four hundred some odd laps, but I yeah. mean, the action on the track is so so good. I mean, from start to finish, it, it truly is. I mean, we just had the ninety-minute race. Uh, Kevin did, and we went up there last weekend. And man, I tell you what, all the way from start to finish, Mike Riddle coming from a lap down, got brand new tires, shot up through the field, and won the race. Oh my! I mean, just you can't make that stuff up. It's great stuff, but. I've yeah. heard that you have a somewhat big secret coming into play. I'm not going to tell people the whole details, but uh, what can you elaborate on at, at Clint Keenan's world right now? What is going on that you can tell us right now? Well, I have a shop that is full to the brim, and there's tools all over the place, and there's parts everywhere, and... I just might be staring at two figure eight cars in my, my garage and it is not my old dirt car. Uh -oh. It actually sold to a guy in Denver. So, um, yeah, 
I'm not going to come out and uh, sure, no. say exactly what it is yet. Just I, I, this is a big deal for me. Well, I've, I've since I got into figure eight racing, I've dreamed of being in a true outlaw car, sure, and and be able to run with the best in the world. And I feel like I've proven myself enough over the years with my old car that I could do this. And, um, so yeah, I mean, basically, uh, the secret is, is going public now. Yes. I am building a true outlaw figure eight car and I am more than excited to show everybody, but I'm not showing everybody until it's done. (laughs) Exactly. No, Hey, that's your pride and joy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's been a, a, a fun experience. Um, you know, I've, I've always loved building my own stuff. Of course. And um, I'm not saying I'm building it from scratch. I'm not going to say what I'm building, but it's it's been a whole nother learning curve building what I'm building and putting every nut and bolt into it and making changes of, you know, um, some of the stuff that my, my engine and different parts that go to it from my other car to my new car, like, there's, there's just been a whole whirlwind of things happening, and and I can't believe we're as far along as we are. I thought there for a little bit I wasn't going to make it to Denver this year, but things are on the up, and, and I think um, we're we're actually somehow miraculously looking pretty decent to uh, show up there with a, with a new hot rod, and, and I'm more than excited. I mean, I, I'm nervous as heck, but at the same time, I'm uh, – I can't wait to drive this thing, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you what, I guarantee you, guarantee you, going from your old outlaw car to the new one, it's going to be a world of difference. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, and I, I've, I'm doing everything right, you know. It, That's it. That's what a I, lot of people I've do always, not do. Yeah. I've always wanted to do this, and the money factor was always a huge thing. And, you know, in California, you just don't, don't really have the caliber of stuff you know um so you you got to travel to to get it if you if you can get your hands on it sure and uh um it's like i said it's it's (laughs) nerve-wracking i've (laughs) never uh i I, i'm sure my other car has got the same or more money in it but over accumulation of the last what is it seven eight years now (laughs) i mean um and and I feel like I'm just hemorrhaging everything that we've got to, to do this, but we're we're going to make it. <laughs> no, you, you will. And you, I have no doubt that you can uh, be exactly what you want out there on that racetrack, and um, you're, you're going to have fun at it. So uh, right, right before we wrap up, what is your future goals? What do you want to accomplish for the rest of 2023? Well, um, as I said, I, I feel like, you guys are going to see me in Denver with a new car. And from there, if all goes well, then um, I can't miss Rod's race again. No, you better not because <laughs> I'll be out there. I'm ready for you to see you out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Rod and I, we do everything together. So he was he was a little disappointed last year when I wasn't going to make it, but he understood why because well, sure. I had just I had just started this venture and what I'm doing. And, and – uh, it just wasn't in the funds to fix the old car or try to put the new one together that quick. And 
Um, so I, I'll be at Rod's race this year. And um, I'm not sure if uh, – I know James is trying to make something happen at Willow Springs. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if that's still a – yeah, yeah, he is trying. Yep, absolutely. That I don't yeah. know the de- definitive answer to that, but uh, yeah, he is still trying. So hopefully, we can make that one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're out there. You know, if if uh, the car's still in one piece, and depending on what it takes to to be able to go run up there, and I'd like to say that I would be there. And uh, that at the moment, that's what I have on my schedule. Um, it's tough, you know, with work, you know, with racing at work too, we have a lot going on. Um, we race a full schedule and, and that pays the bills, you know? And, and, uh, so sometimes there's races that conflict and you don't get to do it and, and it is what it is. And, um, you know, you just plan, plan your, plan your year out as best you can and go from there. Um, I'd love to say I'd be in Indy this year, but I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it, if, if maybe some sponsors throw some money at us or something to help get us out there, or I don't, I'm not sure, you know, honestly, Will, I, I don't know. Um, but, but I mean, new car, point, use it as it a building happen. year. Absolutely. <laughs> at, at, use this as a building year. Uh, yeah. Get familiar with the new piece, uh, you know, and then 2024 look out. Uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I'm hoping James can can get a good schedule again next year uh i was sad to see hermiston get canceled i'm hoping that he gets that again next year yeah i saw that i don't know anything about it i haven't yeah i haven't seen it i don't know nothing about it but my family my mom's side of the family grew up in hermiston so okay um it's there's a lot of grandparent family history there and it'd be cool to go up that way you know Uh, oh absolutely i still i still have some family out in the washington and oregon area so be cool for them to come watch and um so i, I was i'm hoping that comes back and, and i'm interested to see where northwest figure eight goes um james is trying his heart out to to get a good thing going on the west coast and and the more stuff that's out this way you know is the more that i could possibly make and i i want to make indy at some point and Maybe maybe it's not the three hour first. Maybe it's the ninety minute or well, sure. I don't know. You know, I I don't want to go not not knowing my car. You know, so like you said, get my feet wet and and learn the new car and go from there. Hey, absolutely. I think that's a great idea, Clint. Absolutely, and I have no doubt that's going to be awesome for you. Uh, so wrapping up here, um, I always give people a chance to think on who they want, uh, want to thank or sponsors or whoever the case may be. Some people may not want to thank sponsors. They want to thank sponsors and their family or whatnot. So I'll give you the chance to uh, tell who you would like to thank uh, for your ride this year. Yeah. Um, so there's some people out there that I can't name names yet. Sure. Um, if they listen to this, thank you to you guys for uh, for helping me and guiding me on the right direction on where I need to go with what I'm doing here. And, uh, um, of course, thanks to, uh, James for giving me this opportunity, setting me up with you uh, (laughs) to talk to everybody. Um, and then, uh, Rod, Rod Proctor. I mean, I can't, can't thank him enough for believing in me all these years and he's never given up on me. And, and, um, you know, he tries his heart out to make me, the best I can and hopefully we 
go win some races or something with this new new setup here and um my parents uh couldn't do it without them at all i mean it's there would just be no no way possible that this would have been been something i could do um and my my girlfriend stevie she's uh she's even put some money into this new new hot rod and and uh she wants to see me go far and support me and and uh um yeah, it's it's a family deal here. It, we're all we're all in on it. <laughs> no, hey, that's awesome. Um, you need support. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, as far as uh, sponsors, really, well, I don't I don't really have any sponsors anymore. Um, I had a few people help me out in California over the years, and um, you know, I've, I've raced the big races every year, and we funded it ourselves, and and uh, that's it, and. Um, I got a, a couple people, I don't know if they'll, they'll catch this or not, but, uh, um, uh, we've, you know, through work, I, I am fortunate enough to get tied in with some people and, and get some help on some parts. Um, Willwood engineering, um, they're one of them, uh, weld wheels, uh, they've come on to help a little bit. Um, Holly has helped a little bit. Uh, they're a big, big deal with us at work. Um, and I, I, I couldn't have done it without work, you know? And so obviously also, uh, fun to have her off road, like without, without the, the contacts that I've made through them or the help that I've gotten from the bosses, um, they, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get some of the discounts and different things and, and been able to do this myself in the short amount of time that I have. Sure. Um, it's been a big deal. Um, also, uh, one of my coworkers, uh, Gavin, he's, he's our fabricator. He's helped me a whole bunch on, um, making me fit in this car and, uh, helping me with some bumpers and, uh, all kinds of things. We've been, we've been going at it. <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, um, I don't, like I said, I don't have any sponsors right now. So hopefully if, somebody out there is looking to uh put their name on the side of a car i've got all kinds of room to do it and and uh um yeah i uh appreciate any help i can ever get you know we all do it's it's a tough sport to be in if you're not doing it for a living and making the big bucks it's it's tough yeah but definitely yeah i won't take that from anyone i mean we all we all struggle to do this and and it's not all bread and butter. <laughs> but no, if anybody's out there listening, you know, you're a great dude. I mean, I met you in Colorado. You, you definitely are all in in this sport and uh, always looking for sponsors. Uh, but, uh, Clint, I appreciate you coming on today, man. And, uh, man, we're excited to release this episode. And um, everyone, of course, they love this because they get to know the driver on the other side that they don't really get to talk to, especially out here in the East Coast and the figure eight world. Um, you know, in the Indianapolis area, Indiana area, you know, I always tell people we have the record for the most short tracks in any state in the nation. So this is a, a big deal out here. And I love what James is doing for that area and that territory. I love that National Speedway, Colorado, they are starting to get on board with the Outlaws. And, and of course, Rod and what he does at Orange Show. We're all a big family from state to state, and uh, we want to keep this going, and we truly appreciate you for coming on today, my man. 
Yeah, thank you. Most definitely. Yeah, I hope I hope we keep growing our sport. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's a cool thing. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time today, man, and uh, thank you for all you do for racing, and uh, we wish you nothing but the luck and the best luck. Thanks, Will. Sounds good, and I guess we'll uh, we'll see you in Orange Show then. You will. I'll be there in November. I'm excited, my man. All righty. Sounds good. Take care. Welcome back to the Wild Will Throwdown episode number eight. That was Clint Keenan, our special guest today. But coming up next, we're going to preview the upcoming schedule for the first weekend of June, and we'll kick it off up north Saturday, June third, Lorraine Raceway Park. Mr. Modify with a ring of, excuse me, I always say ring of honor. I'm thinking about wrestling, but it's uh, the race of champions. You know, it's some division we don't see down here much, Hawk. Uh, the race of champion modified series, King of the Compact series with Pure Stocks and Ace Racing League. And uh, those modifieds are fast. They race them a lot northeast up at uh, Pennsylvania, New York. But, um, you know, you could compare them, I guess, with the modified Wayland NASCAR series, but those are super fast modifieds. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them, uh, I think, once before up there, and uh, I know Randy really likes them and then trying to get them to really take off. And, I mean, yeah, they are cool looking out there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, Painesville has a great night of racing coming up this Friday night. They're having parking lot drags, street stocks, uh, I believe old school figure eight, figure eight Iron Man, Warriors, Chargers. I believe they're going to have a lot of racing going on at the Painesville Speedway again, which we're excited to go up and uh, visit again here very soon. And I'm going to have a big couple weeks up there myself. So we'll talk a little bit about that here coming up as Lorraine gets ready for their big, uh, I guess, cream of the crop for the 2023 season. Uh, Brownstown Speedway also in action. Get this, Hawk. Hornet special, $1,000 to win at Hornets at Brownstown this weekend. That's some good money for the uh, Hornets slash front-wheel drive cars, so I'm sure there'll be uh, a huge car count for that one. Yeah, good good uh, by Jim Price and them doing that for them. Of course, Haymaker Customs sponsoring the Hornet division this year. P3 Graphics, Crate Late Models, my buddy Kevin, MMSA Mini Sprint's going to be on hand, Super Stocks and Pure Stocks as well. All right, Hawk, here we go. Circle City Raceway, Friday, June the 2nd. We had the Fast on Dirt Series Winged 410 Sprint Cars in Action, UMP Dirt Car Modified, sponsored by Sherco Group, Super Stocks Pro Legends. But guess what, Hawk? Two days later, we go back Monday night, June 5th, for Indiana Midget Week. How about that for the NOS Energy Drink Midgets? Yeah, I tell you what, y'all just staying busy up there. Hey, that's good, right? As, yeah, just as, don't stress out too much. As the old saying goes, we'll sleep when we're dead, right? That's right. Just, let's <laughs> do some racing. That's all we care about. All right, the Indianapolis Speed Drum, Wild Night Number 1, Grocery Getter, School Buses, Demo Derby, and more. They're going to have a wild time up there, aren't they? Oh, uh, who knows what's going to happen on that one. I'm sure they'll get a good crowd up there because, you know, who doesn't like destruction, right? Oh, big time. Uh, trailer races as well. They have a great trailer race up there. But uh, what's going on down at the Jeffersonville Sports Drum Speedway? Well, as we talked about earlier, we uh, were off for uh, Memorial Day weekend. So we're gearing up for uh, a big weekend coming up on uh, Friday, uh, June 2nd. Of course, the uh, KKR, the kart racing, will be back in order with uh, all kart divisions, Young Gun Front-Wheel uh, front Drive, and the Youngster Flyers all on the schedule again for uh, June 2nd on Friday, 
And then on Saturday, June third, to come back with one of the big, one of the biggest nights of the year, school bus figure eight. They do it like twice a year, I think now for the last few years, and it's always a big one. So the, the Roosters school bus figure eight night, uh, along with the ICA Sportsman Division, uh, my uh, race eight Merrill Beerman excavating front wheel drive oval division will be in action. Then the affordable Fords on the oval. And then I am got a big, big event for the Ford Figure 8 division. They're going to run a 50-lap feature event, and uh, I've kind of organized this a little bit and uh, uh, got the Skips Construction, Conway Detailing, the Sports Drome, and Race 8 all going in on the purse here to create a 500-to-win race, 30-to-start for the Ford Figure 8s. And uh, this is uh, something that was basically – postponed from last month from the figure eight extravaganza show uh that program has been moved to august 5th so all that will happen august 5th but we are doing this race also basically with all the bonuses that were on that first race originally basically transferring over to this one so we've got 500 to win 30 to start with several several bonuses you can check out all the situation there all the bonuses on my uh, racing page on Facebook, the Race 8, Figure 8 Racing page. And uh, we're still adding stuff to it this week. So uh, we've got all kinds of bonuses up for grabs and uh, too many to the list right now. But uh, like I say, you can get on there and check it out. And it's going to be a whale of a show. And it's going to be a big crowd. So as our old buddy Don Lister used to say, get there early. Yeah, no doubt. Looking at the weather uh, right now for the next almost two weeks it's going to be hot and sunny temperatures not below 84 and it goes all the way up to 93 so definitely the dry spell is here and i believe it is going to be sunny with a hundred percent chance of racing this weekend so that's always good to see it's always going into the weekend knowing you're going to race and not have to wonder about it like we have been for the first quarter of the season but Anyways, Ohio Valley Dragway Saturday, Bracket and Mustang Night, June the 3rd. Lake Cumberland Speedway is off. Florence having a good uh, dollar days up there this week. Modifieds, Crate Late Models, G&G Express Sport Mods, Adams Brothers Care Buyers Hornets, and Crown Vic's going to be racing at Florence on June 3rd. Lawrenceburg is off. Plymouth Speedway, Grand Slam, Outlaw Late Model Series, the Mark Mass Memorial Night, Outlaw Late Model Street Stocks Hornets, Pits open at 11 there. And a big one up at Salem Speedway this Saturday night, the CRA Jigs, CRA Late Models, and Super Series going to be there with the Diesel Boys LLC, Great American Stocks. So that's going to be a great night at the Nick Bohannon newly owned Salem Speedway. So that's huge. NASCAR Gateway in St. Louis this weekend. National Series take a little bit of peek there. Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Car Series June 2nd and 3rd at the West Virginia Motor Speedway. 10,000 to win. Um, believe on Friday and 50,000 to win on Saturday. The World of Outlaw Case Construction Late Models, June 2nd at Tri-State Speedway, or excuse me, Tri-City Speedway in Granite City, Illinois. 12,000 to win. Then Paducah International Raceway down in Kentucky. That racetrack roared back to life this year, which was great to see. That's going to be 15,000 to win. Just want to give a kudos win to the Indianapolis 500 winner, Joseph Newgarden, for his first win. Pensy picked up number 19, uh, and a wild Indy 500. And, Hawk, you know, that's the first Indy 500 I watched from start to finish, and it was a great race. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I don't, uh, 
I guess I'm one of those people. I used to watch it all the time years ago when I was younger, when, uh, you know, uh, when it was kind of a bigger thing nationally as far as the drivers and everything. But, uh, uh, yeah, I heard it was a pretty good wild show, and I've seen the, the highlights there, especially the uh, the scary thing with that tire flying out like that. Yeah, it was wild. You don't see that happen much with catch finches anymore and whatnot, but uh... – Luckily, the Lord was watching out for everybody there, and it hit a uh, little Chevy Cruze, it looked like, or whatnot in the back. So uh, that's a good souvenir uh, to happen from an Indy car. But uh, anywho, man, what what a great weekend of racing we have coming up. You know, we, we talk a lot about different things, but, man, it's going to be a great weekend of racing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, you know, it's almost like now we don't have to worry about whether or not we're going to get it in because of the weather, the rain, or is it going to be super cold? We're going to have to bundle up and, and, and struggle with that. But so, you know, I'm like not even thinking about it now. It's like, I'm just thinking about the weekend, all the racing and everything that I got to do associated with it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the way it should be. Yeah. But there is one thing we have to worry about. What's that? Sun burn. Uh, I got plenty of sunblock. Don't worry. Well, you know, I, I love listening, so, you know, I don't <laughs> – I have little rings around my eyes right now, so I'm not one to greatly wear sunscreen. I always say I will and I need to. I just deal with the pain later, so I don't think about the pain when it's right then and there, but then, of course, it's it kind of stings me at the end. Yeah, I've seen you uh, I've seen you suffer a few times out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll never forget that first uh, night I ever uh, got really sun-poisoned not sunburn. It was the worst I've ever experienced was COVID air when I was doing the announcing at Sportstrom and I was live streaming the whole race on Facebook Live because nobody were allowed in the stands. And that was one of the highest car counts in a while we had at Sportstrom. And uh, it was good in the outlaws, that is. And um, I'll never forget, I had to get some IV because I was sunburnt. I mean, baked sunburnt. I think your wife still scolds me to this day from that incident. Yeah, we talk about that. That's why she'll even say, she'll say, make sure you bring the sunblock in case Will needs it. <laughs> she knows me too well. But, uh, you know, uh, my wife's done gave up on that. She knows I'm crazy anyway. So, But, uh, Hawk, what's your final thoughts in this uh, past weekend, this weekend going forward? We're done with May. I cannot believe I'm saying that right now. It'll be Christmas before you know it. But, I mean, January, February, March, April, then May. It's all gone. Now here we go to our first weekend in June. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what I look forward to. At the beginning of the year, you know, we're always fighting the cold, the rain and stuff. So I always figure about the end of May, beginning of June, we sort of get into that summer mode, and that's exactly what's happened here. And so I'm happy as a lark, and, uh, you know, I'm ready to see some racing and, and uh, uh, not worry about that silly weather. Yeah, no doubt. And, of course, that's me. You know, we have a lot of busy stuff going on. We have a lot of crazy stuff going on. And, man, it's coming up. Uh, I kick off uh, the weekend of racing this Friday. Uh, you kick off the week of the racing this Friday with the Kentucky and a Kart Racing Series at Sportstrom. I kick it off at Circle City with the Fast on Dirt Sprint Car Series. We turn around for a quick turnaround for Sportstrom on Saturday. I'll be on that show at well. And, you know, a great thing, my wife will be here Friday for the for good. No more back and forth, but uh, she'll be here, so it'll be a great weekend. Sunday, I'm going to turn around and go to Tri-State. Uh, we talked about that. It's Indiana Midget Week kicked off at Tri-State. I'm going to be down there this Sunday. You possibly will as well. And then guess what? I'm not done yet. Monday, I go back to Circle City for Midget Week, and we just 
kick off the week again, but it's going to be busy. But another show in the books today, race fans, drivers, and crews. Huge news regarding the show coming up soon. Uh, we're working on that behind the scenes, so stay tuned. I'm excited to re- release all of that information. Um, of course, as always, here at the Wild Bull Throwdown, I want to thank our title sponsor, White's Auto Sales, Brandon White, for all he does and his family. I want to thank everyone for Dirt 2 Media for the production and editing of the Wild Wheel Throwdown. I want to thank, of course, you, Hawk, for coming on each week to be in the co-host. And, of course, all of the drivers, fans, and crews for tuning in each week. I could not do this without you. So, for now, have a great week, everyone. Get ready for the first weekend of June in racing. And my name is Will Greenwell, and I see you around the turn. Good night, everybody.